What's up, everybody? Welcome in another edition of the First in Orange podcast. Denver Post, Broncos crew here, Parker Gabriel, Ryan McFadden. Hey, Ryan, are you enjoying being on the Broncos beat yet? Uh, I, I say it's TBD right now. I, yeah. Just like everyone, just like the players, it's still early to make the decision, but it's been quite a interesting start, to say the least. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> I told you when you, uh, when you, you were getting the job and when you started it, there was never a lack of stuff going on. And that's certainly been the case, not only uh, through the off season, but into the first two weeks of the regular season, Denver, and two, obviously two home losses, Vegas last week and Washington 35, 33 complete with a hail Mary, a failed two point conversion, a bad defensive effort, all that kind of stuff. So Ryan, you've been, Watching the tape, we've talked to Sean Payton now um, since we were on Sunday night after the game. We've had a chance to sort of, you know, look back at it and all of that. What when you think about whether it's opportunity missed or just something that Denver really didn't do well, you know, wh- where do you start? Because like you say, it, it is a long season. There's a lot of football left. We'll talk plenty about Miami here in a few minutes. Um, but there is this sense that like there's still time to get it going and sort of salvage um, maybe even a a good season or a decent season, but there's not a lot of time to waste at this point. So what's the thing in your mind that that's got to get cleaned up going forward? I think one thing I got to get cleaned up is, is the defense. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things because when you look at the numbers offensively, I feel like they've been solid except uh, I've overall, I feel like they've been a solid offensively a lot better than what we saw last year when you look back at yes. those games. Um, I think Russell Wilson, I know like he gets a lot of criticism, but he look, he looks a lot better than, than he was last year as well. I think one of my biggest criticisms with them is in terms of finishing out games and, you know, when and closing, closing out games on the offensive end. I felt like they were stretched in, in week two where I felt like the offense just fell flat. There was, and this took away the momentum from them. Like we talked about the interception uh, to Emmanuel Forbes, that fumble, I really feel like that fumble was a big difference maker there. But I think one of the things we need to talk go back to is that defense because the defense has not looked – it has not looked like a top-10 defense as we went into the season expecting they can be. Uh, it starts from – like when we saw the game, it's like they just kept getting beat badly but with those screen passes – we saw we saw them get sacks. We saw them get four sacks, but sometimes I feel like they overcommit to the pass rush to the point where they're le- they're leaving open space on the field. And we saw the Commanders take advantage of that with a couple uh, screen passes for twenty plus yards from Bron- from Hal to Brian Robertson. That big 30, 31, uh, 36, excuse me, that thirty six yeah. yard reception from Antonio Gibson that set up that go ahead touchdown that gave from Robertson that gave them that twenty. A twenty-eight to twenty-four lead in third in the third quarter. So a lot, assuming the fourth quarter. So I feel like that's where that's some of their biggest problems have been on the defensive defensive side of the ball. I'm not I'm not on the bandwagon. Uh, I'm not in favor of like. I'll you see a lot of fans saying let's get rid of Vance Joseph this early in the season. I feel like this is something where you're gonna have to let it play out and see how the defense uh, progresses. Right, like. I feel like maybe like by week five or week six, we can start having a serious comp- conversation about, you know, uh, Vance Joseph's um, job so far. But I think two games in is still a little too early. But like defense has been like one of my biggest concerns overall. 
Yeah, it's interesting, Ryan. I mean, neither of us were were here or covering this team when Vance Joseph was a head coach. A lot of fans, and it's not, I mean, I can't tell them that they're wrong. Fans feel how they feel. Uh, it's like Mike Tomlin said um, when when the fans were chanting for Matt Canada to be fired as they were winning a game last night. It's like, you know, we, you, you appreciate the passion. And fans here, obviously, a lot of them have baked in opinions about Vance Joseph already because of his tenure here as a head coach. So he knew coming back here that he would be under the microscope from the start. And obviously, they're not off to a good start. I, d- I thought it was interesting. And I don't know if you'd expect him to necessarily say anything a lot different than what he did. But Alex Singleton, when we talked to him on Monday this week, he said, you know, look, some teams struggle to tackle early in the season. You just don't get that many live reps, especially starters. Like, you know, they played maybe 30 snaps or something in the preseason. And so um, that's hard to replicate. I think it's also fair to point out what Sean Payton said after the game Sunday, which is that they're going to face a lot better offenses um, than Las Vegas and, and Washington. Although, you know, Vegas scored a lot of points last year and and they're obviously dangerous with Josh Jacobs and, and Devontae Adams and all that. So, yeah, it's an interesting spot to be in. I just thought sort of like to your point, Ryan, uh, on the, the, the screen game really killed them. And some of that is it seems like that. I mean, they didn't generate hardly any pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo week one. And then maybe they sort of like overcorrected in week two where it was just like pin your ears back and get to Sam Howell at all costs. And not only did they leave those, you know, that sort of vulnerability in the middle of the field and short and intermediate screen game and all that stuff. But also, you know, you saw in the one, uh, the one to Gibson, the 36 yarder. I mean, they got an offensive lineman out, um, Sadiq Charles, I think, out to Singleton. There's nobody else there. And then you know, the pursuit's slow and then four guys, he cuts back against the grain and three Denver guys fall down and he cuts back across four of them. I mean, that's just, it's bad leverage. It's bad technique and all of that. And that's stuff that like, I think if you were trying to talk a little bit of calm into fans, you'd say like, how many times have you seen Justin Simmons make that play? Right. How many times have you seen Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell make that play? So you expect it to get better at the same time. Like, this is it's no knock on a Sang Bassi. It's no knock on anybody who's who's, you know, playing safety to and Turner yell. But they miss Kwan Williams, um, who's going to be out a while still after he had ankle surgery in late August um, playing the nickel. They miss his physicality. They miss his tackling and his toughness uh, and his smarts. You know, Bassey, they trust him. Um, he missed a couple tackles on on Sunday. So did Delaire and Turner yell when he got forced into action after Kareem Jackson got suspended. So. You know, that's not an excuse in the NFL. You got to play with who you got on on any weekend and and figure out a way to get the job done. I'll be interested to see if they mix up their personnel at all or sort of how they handle, especially the sub stuff, because they played they played so much base against Las Vegas and then they played a ton of sub against Washington. And and obviously you would imagine that it would be a nickel and dime heavy game um, coming up, given the receivers and the weapons that that Miami has. So. All of that's going to be pretty interesting to watch. I just, I think, I think you're right, Ryan. I mean, they they lead the league in points per drive offensively. It's again, it's early. They haven't been perfect um, outside of the hail mary. Like crunch time hasn't been great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the defense the, on week one says, "Hey, man, we held the team to 17 points. That should win a lot of games." And then week two, the offense says, "Hey, man, we scored 33 points. That should win a lot of games." And yet here they are, 0 and two. Yeah, it's it's crazy because it's like you see you saw the signs from the defense, like you said, they held they had held the Raiders to thirty seven points, 
And then there was concern about the offense not putting points on the board. So then when the offense did point points on the board, it's like it's like we, we haven't found that balance yet. And I, another thing I want to take away is just going back on the offensive side is like Marvin Mims. Like yeah. I, I believe he had 17 – he played 17 offensive, offensive snaps in week one, uh, 16 in week two. I feel like he's a guy – you saw what he did, two catches for 113 yards. I feel like they're got – they got to figure out a way to get him more snaps on the field. Uh, and and that's no – I'm not trying to discredit Cortland Sun. I think Cortland Sun is a talented receiver. I think Gary Judy is. But there's got to – they got to find some way with those guys, uh, Sutton, Judy, Mims, all those – they give, give Marvin Mims some more opportunities because we saw it out there. We yeah. saw those big plays abilities. That's something we knew when they drafted him, why they, why they did that, because he can make those plays. Um, so that's one thing I would like to see move before is there a way like they can get Marvin Mims a lot more offensive opportunities. You know, what's interesting about that. So, I, I mean, obviously, like anybody that watched the game was like, oh, that that guy should probably be on the field. Um, but and then I found myself thinking not to the same degree, but like Brandon Johnson, you see the speed, you know, he catches the crossing route for the touchdown, the 16 yarder early in the game. And you sort of see we think of him sometimes as as a role player. You know, he's willing to block. He's willing to sort of do the dirty work from the receiving standpoint. But the thing that Sean Payton points out every time he talks about Brandon Johnson is that he can run. And you saw that, you know, you saw the speed, legitimate speed. Um, and so, like, I'm not – I know how it works. They're not going to target Brandon Johnson 13 times a game or anything like that. But it was interesting because I thought that about Mims. I thought that about Brandon Johnson. And then the other thing I thought was, how do you lead a game by 10 at halftime and only get your running backs 14 total carries in a game? 12 for Javante Williams, one for P. Ryan, and one for Jaleel McLaughlin, which was the touchdown. And so, like, I think it's – I think you can justify all of those thoughts. And at the same time, like, if I'm if I'm Sean Payton listening to this, which he assuredly is not, um, I would be like, so wait a second. You want to get the maybe the number three receiver more involved. You want to get the number four receiver more involved. And you're going to say we got to run the ball more. Like, what what is it that you actually want? And that's that would be a fair counter. And I, to me, all of that is sort of about the race that Peyton talks about over the first four or five weeks to get to improve and to figure out who you are. Like, I think they've shown these like flashes of being dynamic on offense and being able to be dangerous on offense. And we've seen times where it's gone bad. But at the end of the day, like they've got they're in this process, I think, and they're they need to do it relatively quickly to figure out, okay, what are the things that we are really going to do? Is Marvin Mims this role this year playing 15 to 20 snaps and throwing him a couple of deep balls a game? Or is he a featured player, right? Like Jaleel McLaughlin, is he just a change of pace guy as a rookie or does he need 10 touches a game? Not everybody can get 10 touches a game. So uh, that process of figuring that out, I think, um, you know, Sean Payton, has a track record of doing that. Um, and if they can do that um, with this offense, I think they've got a chance, you know, they may not be the greatest show on turf or whatever, but they've got a chance to be pretty good. I think um, if they can stay relatively healthy and sort of make progress in, in winnowing down, you know, what their identity is. Yeah, I agree. I think when we look at these first two games, uh, we saw, we saw, we saw us, um, we saw promising signs from the run game against against Las Vegas, and then we hardly saw it against from from their top backs from Williams and P. Ron against the Commanders. Yeah, like, like you said, the first P. Ron snaps. 
<laughs> like like you said, P. Rock only had had only had one attempt, which you know that's that's pretty su- surprising. So I feel like I don't know if Peyton's in a situation where he's still trying to figure out what he's trying to do. Like I know he talks about the run game, but like I don't know. So far through two games, that emphasis to me hasn't been there yet. Right, where that that whole idea we've heard since the offseason is they're going to run the rock, they're going to run the rock, they're going to use that run game to help open up the offense. So far, we haven't seen that just yet. Then we saw spurts of the of the passing game against the commander, like we said, we saw what Marvin Mims could do, Brandon Johnson. So was, I feel like I think we're in this point through two games where I feel like I guess Sean Payne is experimenting a little bit, trying to figure out all right what he has, what works well, what doesn't. So man, I I think they're going to be solid offensively. I truly believe. I think Russell Wilson. I'm I'm still a believer in Russell Wilson. Um, and even when you look at his numbers, uh, he still has that. He still has the capability of uh, running the show. Um, obviously, like Sean Payton talked about a lot about like you know the way they went in and out of huddles. Huddles were a bit of concerning. Um, I feel like there's sometimes during games. I feel like Russ just you know goes like goes like he goes missing in a sense where like he starts off with a ton of momentum then boom nothing there's nothing there um but overall I feel, I, there are a lot of pleasing signs but i feel like through two games it still it still looks like it's an offense that champagne is still trying to figure out what worked and what doesn't yeah definitely and i think i mean we'll see what champagne says about it over the course of the week he he said one of the things that he said the part that i think got the most attention about the, the, you know, the issues with the huddle, you know, he said, maybe we have to reduce the verbiage and, and the, the quote that got a lot of run was that Russ has to be quicker, you know, relaying the plays. But I think when you, when you watch it and you can't tell everything from, from just like the broadcast, but especially the one they called the, the first time out they took was the play, like it, they were trying to set up the, the play that Jaleel McLaughlin scored the touchdown on um, from the five yard line. And to me, like, I'm not laying the blame all all with Peyton necessarily, but that was one where they didn't the subs didn't run on the field until the play clock was at 22. You're bringing four guys on, four guys off, and then Washington can sub two once you decide to as the offense. And so, like that's not a that's that one was not Russell Wilson being slow to spit out the play. I mean, they weren't they weren't in the huddle and you know getting the play call until there's 15 seconds left on the clock and typically that's when Peyton wants them at the line they broke the huddle with like seven seconds so it's not one thing right like I think that's something that the Broncos struggled with last year it's something that they struggled with in week two this year and the common denominator there largely is is Russ because the coaching staff's entirely different um but I think that's I'm sure he has a hand in that but I think that is is the coaching a coaching staff that's never worked together to, you know, still figuring things out, um, especially as they sort of introduce more wrinkles and and they tried to run a lot of different personnel groups in and out and all of that. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's definitely easy to pick things out with Russell Wilson. He's certainly missed things um, that you don't expect him to miss. And he's also through two weeks, you know, he's fourth in the NFL in passer rating. He's tied for eighth in uh, expected points added per snap. So, it's not like he's been terrible, you know, he's, he's been pretty good. So um, if they get that, if they get that rate of play from him for the rest of the year, um, which obviously, you know, we got to see, but, um, but they'll, they'll put some, they'll figure some things out around him. I think if, if that's the case, even if that means, you know, he's not perfect, obviously. Yeah, I think so. And, and like you, and like I said, 
I feel like when we see these first two games, it's it's like Russell Wilson working with a whole new coaching staff. The coaching staff is there. I feel like everyone is still learning one another. Um, and that's I feel like that's been a little bit with the problems as well. But yeah, that's what that's what I've seen. It's like you it's like everyone there's pain still trying to figure out how to run this run a show. I guess like Wilson's still trying to learn this coaching staff a little bit. Uh, and but overall I'll, there are some positive signs to take away from the offense. But yeah, it's it, it's been it's it's crazy to um that see how how the last the past two games has played out. No doubt. How many points? Okay, so let's talk about Miami. How many points do they got to win to beat the, or how many points do they have to score to beat the Dolphins on Sunday in Miami? Oh man, thirty-eight. Uh, no, yeah, right. um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a number high enough by NFL standards, probably. Uh, yeah, it's. I just look at that where you allow thirty-five points to, to the Commanders, and then you're going against. One of the one of the more dominant offenses in the league right now in the Miami Dolphins, with perhaps one of the one of the best wide receivers in Tyreek Hill, who who is pretty much unstoppable with his speed. So it's it's going to be a challenge. Um, I feel like if they want if they want to compete, it, it might be a situation where they might have to score thirty plus points to to, to pull to pull this off. Just from what we've seen from this defense. I'm not too encouraged from the start. And even though I feel like – I even though Alex Singleton said that, you know, he expects them to, you know, get better as the season progresses, but, like, I don't know if that's going to happen week three against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I have I know um, it just – I just don't see it. Not not in week three. Maybe they'll, they'll, they'll gain that momentum playing, uh, playing to the Bears, but week three against that offense, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sean – Peyton was sort of like he was a little bit miffed it seemed like after the opener that each team only had the ball six times um when they played the Raiders like it, it, oh, it almost never happens in the NFL but if there was a week to try to make it a six six possession game on each side like this would be it for Denver right um just to just to control the pace and so I don't know I mean obviously I'm not part of the game planning process here as they get into the week but um it does seem like the kind of game where the offense has to help the defense. And one of the things that Sean Payton said after after the Washington loss was that they didn't do a good enough job of helping the defense, even though he also said the defense played poorly. Like the turnovers gave him the ball out around midfield. Um, you know, it just wasn't – it was one of those games. Um, you, you've got to be on your P's and Q's against the Dolphins in that regard. I can still go 85 on you or whatever, but you got to make them do that. You know, it can't be, oh, you know, Bradley Chubb, you know, strip sack and you take over at the 50. I mean, that's just asking to have a big number put up. So it's um it's a ball control kind of game. It's a game management kind of game. It's the kind of game that you you want a head coach like Sean Payton for because you you know you need every advantage you can get. Um, as good as Mike McDaniel is obviously in Miami. You need every advantage you can get to try to be in control of the game, even if you know, in control of the flow of the game, even if you end up, you know, trailing by a little bit or down early or whatever. So that's really the, to me, like that's the name of the game is if you can, if you, what if Washington, Washington had the ball on Sunday for 33 minutes and 45 seconds, you know, if Denver's in that range on Sunday, they'll probably have a chance. Um, you know, they're still going to be, they're six and a half point underdogs, but uh, 
that to me, like that's the the recipe. Not completely take the air out of the ball, but if you control the game flow, you know, you can have a chance at least. Yeah, that's the key. And I feel like when you're going against when you're going against the offense, uh, I feel like the offense, the Broncos always gotta play like a near perfect game. You can't have the you can't have the fumbles, you can't have the interceptions. Um you they just can't do that. You don't want you you want to control the ball as much as possible. And at the same time, you're not trying to give them as much momentum. And I feel like those type of turnovers, it just it just snaps the momentum right out of you. And they, they just can't do that against this Miami team. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, Miami's got, you know, they've got some really good players on defense too. Chubb, you know, a little bit of a reunion, obviously got traded from, you know, played the first uh, three and a half years of his career uh, in Denver, four and a half years of his career in Denver, and then got traded in uh, at the deadline last year. Um, Denver got the first round pick for him that they used to, to then acquire the right to, to hire Sean Payton. So a reunion there, Javon Holland's a great player, obviously um, they've got a bunch on the defensive side of the ball too. And they're the opposite of Denver so far. I mean, they, they're two and O and they've won on the road twice already. It's the home opener. Uh, in Miami, which is sort of crazy, given that we're we're going into week three here. But um, yeah, it's going to be a super interesting one. And then Mike McDaniel, obviously, listeners will know, or some will at least, um, grew up in the Denver area. Uh, he's from he's from around the way here. So um, obviously, it's sort of it's one of those games. And there's a bunch on the schedule this year where uh, there's all sorts of connections between the teams, and um, it's going to be really interesting to see what it looks like uh, down there in the in the heat and humidity this weekend. Oh yeah, I'm I, I, I'm looking forward to this game. I I think my prediction probably will be I got Miami winning this one. I was 34 to what I, I got 34 26 Miami at, w- winning this game. I think I think the offense is gonna I think Denver's offense is gonna be solid, but overall I feel like. I don't think the defense is going to get there. Is going to get it together again by week three. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be close, but I think in the end, I think the Dolphins are going to pull this one out. Yeah, I've got Miami too. Um, I'll say thirty-one to twenty. Um, I think they end up winning by two scores, um, and it's sort of similar to what you said, Ryan. I mean, it just you know at this point, I picked Denver to to win week one, and then picked them to win week two, and and you know back. Seems like ages ago when I did the game by game for the magazine, I, I had him losing at Miami. I think that, you know, that would be the sort of expectation in general, but I haven't seen anything over the first two weeks. that makes me think like, yeah, this is the week they break through. So an and three start obviously would not, not, not ideal. Um, but it's like Sean Payton said on Sunday, you know, like he can't, he said he was asked about how and two teams rarely make the playoffs and all that. And he said, yeah, but the thing about that is there's nothing I can do to change the fact that we're and two. All I can do is try to get the team in position uh, to win the next one. So uh, don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, it would be, I think it would constitute a surprise. Um, but, you know, the the schedule, like the, the, the New York game obviously looks different in week five with Aaron Rodgers out. Um They've got a little time, you know, a few weeks here to sort of figure out who they are with Zach Wilson. Uh, but with with Chicago and the Jets, you know, coming up after this trip to Miami, who knows? Maybe you still won this weekend. Either way, I mean, there's it's not an all hope is lost situation. It's not good, but um, you know, there's some there's some games um, that if you really do make those improvements over the first quarter of the season, you know, that you should win um, coming up on the schedule. 
Yeah, I agree. Like, I it's I don't feel like it's all downhill just yet. Uh, even in the, even how like these past two games have ended, I feel like if they get if they can if they can get things fixed, if they can get their act together, I feel like there are games like you, I think that with Aaron Rodgers out for the season, the Jets could be a winnable game. Um, I look at the Packers, the Bears. I don't know. I, I don't know about Kansas City just yet. You're not gonna uh, pick. You're not gonna say the streaks ending just yet. I I, I don't know just yet. It's <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know just yet. But I feel like there are certain games like there, like that they can pull off if they can if they, if they can figure it out. But I don't think it would happen in week against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be. I mean, Ryan. Five weeks from now, we're either gonna be talking about the the turnaround that. Uh, Sean Payton's engineered, or we're going to be talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May. So there's going to be stuff to talk. There's going to be stuff to talk about one way or another. Uh, well, let's let's leave it there. Obviously, um, you know, middle of the week, uh, we'll, we'll obviously we'll talk to Denver players and coaches over the course of the week. I guess just one note before we go: the injury situation right now looks pretty clear for the Broncos. Greg Dulcich is on IR. Uh, he's out till at least week six. We're not in that range yet where the short-term IR guys can come back. That'll be after week four is as soon as that can happen. Um, and the only injury that we know of um, from Sunday was DeLair and Turner Yell. That was just a cramping issue. So um, you would think he'd be sort of back in the mix this week. So pretty straightforward um, this week on that front. Uh, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, we'll be back try to jump on later in the week. And then obviously uh, Sunday after the game, come find us on, on social. We'll be chatting about the game. Once all our stuff is, is filed uh, in the meantime, obviously ton of content, denverpost.com slash Broncos for all the latest uh, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, uh, follow us on Facebook, Denver post Broncos. And of course, read at the Denver post website. That's Ryan. I'm Parker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you guys next time.